That was Kaimi with Needs. Followed on from Alpha Mama, Move Me. My name is Bridie Tanner and you are listening to FBI Radio 94.5 here on Mornings. It is time to get into this. Come on. So if you've ever used Tumblr for sexy viewing times, then you might be sad to learn that Tumblr has bid to remove pornographic material from the 17th of December this year. And who else would we have in to help understand the implications of such a decision other than our resident sexologist and pleasure activist, Tanya Coons? Welcome, Tanya. Hey, Bridie. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, as always. (laughs) So, Tanya, let's start with why Tumblr has decided to remove all the adult content from its site. Right. Um, It's a bit of a complicated story, actually. In the US in um, April, there were a couple of laws passed. The Foster Law, Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, and the SESTA, Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. So these laws sound like they've got a a good idea behind them. You know, we don't want people sold into sex slavery and we don't want children trafficked. Good ideas. But the laws are written very, very vaguely um, and the language doesn't actually... It's not very translatable and people are anxious and nervous. Um, Sadly, the laws aren't actually helping the the victims that they're intended to help, but what they're doing, it's kind of like trying to catch a specific kind of fish with a big drift net. So a whole lot of other people are being caught up in these laws. And how is Tumblr, you know, linked to sex trafficking? Um, Well, Tumblr's, well, they actually did have an incident where there was um, some child porn put up there because they can't, they can't, see everything straight away. It's it's one of these things where the people who put up or host sites in the internet are expected to look after breaches of the law after a breach has happened. Um, so they're a bit nervous. And um, Apple took Tumblr off their app store um, uh, not so long ago because of that, that particular incident. Rather, So what, what's happening is people are getting very afraid and instead of going for the fish that are doing the inappropriate things, they're shutting down entire sites and forums and ability to speak. Because Tumblr, I'm just going to check here, I, I did a little bit of... Um, Checking in their own words, Tumblr said, you know, we are a place to speak freely about topics like art, sex positivity, your relationships, your sexuality and your personal journey. And we want to make sure that we continue to foster this type of diversity uh, in the community. So they started because people who couldn't put up sexual ideas and things of a sexual nature elsewhere found a good platform in Tumblr. So lots of queer folks, lots of LGBTQIA, lots of artists, lots of sex workers, lots of people with diverse views to mainstream pornography that tends to be aimed at white cisgendered males. So here was a place where you could see people like yourself doing fun things and sexy things and it was a lot more relatable. I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I read somewhere that a good portion of the top 100,000 Tumblr sites, I'm going to say maybe 20,000 of them were related to adult content. Yeah, 20%. It was actually 20.05%. So, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And But it, it speaks to the demographic of the people who have found that site and have found it really useful and and you know it's it's a great site because it, you kind of you can put your own stuff up you can follow the people that you like or not so yeah i guess another thing about it is you don't have the full on stuff that you might get if you visit uporn or pornhub just like it's not an assault of the face. senses yeah you can choose to follow people um, and and have things come up so yeah you you're going to pick people clearly that are of a nature that you you're interested in 
So that's why it kind of built communities and that's why the, those communities found it a really safe place to network and to express themselves. So what do you see as some of the negative impacts that might come of this for, in terms of those people who uh, maybe have more niche fetish, fetishes or you know, are looking for something that represents them in the porn that they watch? Well, I guess they don't find it as equally. I th- Tumblr, Tumblr has said in their statement, you know, look, we, we don't want to... We were watching what we do with adult content. Um, th- there's a lot of pressure because of these foster ancestor laws. Don't get me wrong. Lots of things have happened. Um, one of the things that happened almost immediately after the law was uh, changed was uh, a global site called Backpage, which was um, where most of the sex workers around the world advertised their their trade, was shut down on a child sex trafficking charge. And I believe that 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 charge was true and correct, but it was one small. Um, portion of the site and rather than targeting the people who were putting the ads up there um, they shut the entire site down so for lots of people around the world their safe place where they could screen clients and be safe about their work suddenly disappeared so it would be like if you and I got up this morning and we came into work at the radio station and it was gone no desk no mics no broadcasting no building just gone Mm. And that takes away the safety for a lot of people. And in, in terms of Tumblr, a lot of people network here. A lot of people make their connections to like-minded souls. I mean, social media is really powerful. We all know that. Um, so it, it's kind of taking out already marginalised communities' uh, ability to communicate with each other. I guess uh, organisations like the ones you mentioned in the US might argue that taking out a whole website is worth saving a child from going into sex trafficking. Yeah, well, I think then the implications of that are people like Facebook, Google, Skype, they're also saying we're going to take out all adult content. So now think about that. People like me are getting um, uh, things edited. I I can't begin to tell you how difficult it is to promote my workshops, which are about sex education, uh, on Facebook, they get shut down all of the time. My my site gets marked as unsavory content, and all I'm doing is educating people about their bodies and their relationships. And what's really weird about it is some of my workshops will be passed and some won't. So I got passed a how to talk about sex workshop with the word sex in the title, but something on mismatched libidos got shut down. We're gonna. I think we need to go to a song, and when we come back, let's talk more about this this blurry line of what Mm. is and what isn't adult content because I think Tumblr have okayed um, more artistic erotica. So Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. (laughs) This is Let's Talk About Sex. I'm joined by Tanya Coons and you can join in the conversation simply by texting in 0409 945 945 is the number. Here's something from SRSQ. This is Permission. You're listening to FBI 94.5. Permission by SRSQ. If you saw the giant clit on the front page of The Good Weekend, you have my guest to thank. Tanya Coons is here for Let's Talk About Sex. Oh, my God. That was like sexologist Christmas for me. I was so excited all weekend about that, Brady. <laughs> um, we're talking a little bit about today consent in terms of Tumblr banning porn from its website and where this might lead to. So, Tanya, do you want to just recap uh, what, the, what the go is with this decision to... Um, um, to to ban porn off Tumblr's sites. Um, it's really kind of censoring what kind of 
representations are okay, you know. So in their new policy, for example, they're, they're, they're still going to let you know, the female nipple very, very controversial. So Tumblr's like, well, no, we're still going to let you show nipples if you're breastfeeding or having conversations about birth moments or if they're, if you are um, talking about gender normalising surgery or post-cancer surgery. So basically they're going to limit... Um, women's bodies to be uh, only depicted in relation to health or reproduction. Um, So nothing in relation to pleasure is going to be allowed. And uh, once again, we're thwarting really important messages about women's bodies. Tumblr, really, there's a lot of users, there's more users than men on Tumblr, and it allowed women and non-binary folks to be the architects of their own sexuality online rather than being the objects. And this this is why it was so powerful. It was really a welcoming community a real environment for community, and now these communities are being pushed out. And Tumblr has said, oh, look, there are other sites that people can go and put up that kind of sexuality, but they can't, you know. And I was reading an article where they quoted a really cool sex educator called Elle Chase, and she said on the weekend, you know, for underrepresented communities like BDSM, queer, kinky, non-binary, trans and fat folks, Tumblr was the only place for us to go and see people that look like us having enjoyable, pleasurable sex and having our community represented. Um, mainstream porn tends to start steer towards cis, white, heterosexual male gaze. And it's true. If you've gone and had a look at any of these big porn ho- uh, portals, you don't see the kinds of things that I just listed. And Tumblr was really rich in that. So again, it's driving people underground and it's creating much more of a fetishization rather than an empowerment of difference. Now, how is Tumblr planning to filter out anything of sexual nature from its uh, from its users sharing that? Um, they, they, they're putting in technology. So they're doing technology with humans. Um, they've said that they're going to use robots and then, you know, sort of tweak it with, with human um, people sort of training that. But again, lots of people can fall afoul of that. You know, I've fallen afoul of that in, in sort of Facebook land and various other places because of the nature of my business. And, you know, my business is really different to some of the other businesses. And I'm not saying, you know, like I think it's difficult for sex workers to have their ability to make their livelihood taken away. Um, and that to me is equally as bad as me having my ability to be taken away. So people are struggling. Um, yeah, I think lots of the, where where will these communities go? I think one of the things I know is that sex workers are a resilient and amazing community and they've actually built a lot of the porn protocols and technology on the internet around that because they've needed to keep safe and do things. So I'm looking at them to see what they come up with and what kind of portals they build. But you know, in the meantime, people are falling by the wayside and being traumatized. And having, you know, Facebook, Google, Skype, all these other people come on board. Um you know, I, I see a friend of mine runs a, a very interesting performance night, um, and her it's 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 art and it's subversive and it's super queer, and um, her policy guidelines are fifty percent sexy, fifty percent kinky, and a hundred percent weird. Right? It's called Rule Thirty Four, based on the internet uh, law that if you can think about it, then there's porn of it. Right? So it's giving a big, open, expansive space for ideas and performance. Um, she got a 30-day ban last Christmas for an image on Facebook of somebody going down on a barbecued chicken that was in Santa's crotch. There was no nudity. It was just an interesting idea. And she got 30 days off Facebook for that. Wow. So I, I, what I kind of want to find out is, like, how uh, the people who are monitoring 
these uploads decide what is sexual and what isn't sexual. For example, I might have seen that as just a funny picture yeah, and not necessarily a sexual one. So how, how do you define erotica? Um, I think that's a really good question because isn't that going to be in the eye of people? You know, like I see a lot of, um, I see sex as art. I also see sex as personal development and people blink when I say things like that. But people can co-create beautiful experiences. And when we look at sexual imagery, it can be extraordinarily beautiful. And you mentioned that, the beautiful sculpture of the clitoris on the front cover of the Good Weekend magazine. That was a work of art. I can't begin to tell you how pleasurable it was to look at that just for its form. Um, usually I wear um, a ring every day that has its clitoris shape, but I'm off to the pools. That's not in today. Um, but, you know, you can wear things as art and, and human body has always been looked upon as an art form. So I find it really upsetting that we're now creating shame and disgust around certain kinds of bodies or certain parts of bodies. Art has always um, contained nudity. Always. Uh, and it hasn't been censored. You go and look at the sculptures, you know, that are thousands of years old, Statue of David. What is wrong with that? But now, apparently, if it's a photograph, um, you stand much more risk of having it censored because ph photography and porn are linked together. So I think a lot of people are going to find themselves being censored when they've done absolutely nothing nefarious and had really great intentions. Could someone just make up a new website that sort of replaces what Tumblr served like the purpose that it served i hope so but you know look at how long does it take to get these things off the ground i think there are things in place for people losing businesses i'm watching people businesses like myself um uh, people any people in sex industry at all they're rushing to get their sites hosted by non-us platforms because all of the us uh, providers can shut down sites at will based on these laws because they're so vague um, and, you know, it reminds me, I've got to hurry up because my site's a US-hosted site and it could be shut down at any time. So there are countries like Iceland that these laws are not applying in and people are going off to host there. But it's costing us a lot of time, a lot of money. You know, I'd rather be doing things like having important conversations like this than doing back-end web administration and having to pay extra money and do all that, all that shit again <laughs> when it's already been set up and is fine and not breaking any laws. And these are American laws. So they're all around the world. They're affecting people everywhere. This is a very interesting conversation uh, we're having today for Let's Talk About Sex. My guest is Tanya Coons. She's our resident pleasure activist and relationships counsellor and sexologist. If you have any questions, theories or comments, you can text in on 0409-945-945. Feel free to listen back to this episode on the podcast, Let's Talk About Sex in Your Podcast app. Thank you so much, Tanya, for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Brady. It's always my pleasure. This is HTRK, <laughs> Dying of Jealousy. You're listening to Mornings, FBI 94.5.